0: We're going. All right. Um, Anybody have... Hey, hey, come in. You've already done this class, but you can come back anyway. Okay. (laughs) Um, Anybody have stories of giving and opportunities from this week that you want to share? Well, now you have to because I see that you're talking about it. Well. Yeah, this is a question I've got. Cause of it's, it's an
1: interesting, <laughs> it was kind of profound, actually. I was, uh, you know, we live in East Nashville. Mm-hmm. Big change for us. We lived in very, very wealthy suburbs of Atlanta. Um, very different environment. It's still wealthy down there. I mean, everybody, it's expensive down there now, but there's still a lot of original people and um, op- things like that. And so, I've been going, trying to find, you, you. I'm used to living in this, where you can always go and get something nice at a, like a um, CVS, or everything, everything's different. Right. Um, it's, and I've started kind of feeling sorry for myself, like, I don't belong here. Like, these, I did, I got these evil, and it's not, it's not good, but I was frustrated because I couldn't find things, it was different, it was not as nice, and I'm like, oh. I want to look for another store. It was Dollar free, because I love Dollar free. Yeah. I was looking for a Fourth of July stuff, and so finally I said, "Okay, where's?" Because one was closed, and then one was just like, it was locked, and I'm like, "This is just ridiculous." So I I went down to the last one, and it and I was like, "This is so gross." It's got like it's bars on the windows. Oh my gosh, why am I here? Like it, and so I went in there. I got my stuff. I had a bad attitude in there. I got lined. Up. And this lady in front of me, African-American lady, was like buying like 10 bags of popcorn. And um, I said, oh, you're having a popcorn party? She said, yes, I work for Girl, Boys and Girls Club. And they told me to come get the popcorn Friday for our kids. I said, oh, I said, oh, I said, oh. I said they, they pay for that though, right? She goes, oh, no, it's out of my pocket. So I looked at the lady, I said, I'm paying for that. So I paid for the popcorn for the kids. And it was like everyone in that line just smiled. like. I thought, okay, they've seen a person who's not like them behaving in a good way. And and they were all like, oh, that was so nice, blah, blah. And I, I mean, I don't care for myself. I did feel good. But I just was like, it felt really good to do that. And it was like, I felt God saying to me, you spoiled brat. How you? <laughs> like, why are you here? You're here to spread Jesus. Just like I was in Norcross, just like I am anywhere else. I'm not any better than anyone else or any worse. Yeah. So it kind of was like a little slap around, and, and it was really it was not even felt
0: little to bit too. Oh. And and your question about that was so, so so
2: different story. I got a negative judgment. It was a very bad experience. So on the exit here, I, the guy was out, and I, oh. and I and I said, hey, would this help you? He said, yeah, thank you. And I gave him one dollar. Yeah. And my wife says, one dollar. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, okay, that's a good question. Is 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 what's too much and what's too little. So it's rhetorical. You don't need to answer that. But I got judged negatively
1: just twenty minutes ago. God tells you God will tell you what to do. Yeah.
0: I <laughs> um, I I don't have an answer for that other than always side with the wife. So <laughs>
1: Well, I hadn't given in a long time, so that was like a little bit more than I would usually give. Yeah. I'm a teacher, so I kind of related to her. I know that she must have a hard job. Yeah, I said, you have a hard job, and you're doing a great
0: thing. And I gave
1: you know, and I just <coughs> added it to my task. Yeah. So, so I want to do that again. I, you know, that was really cool.
0: Yeah. See, and that's, that. Those, those are the stories, those are the stories that you will find happening more and more often as you do this, because you get attuned those situations, and I, um, only very tangentially related, I um, I go to a lot of yard sales. Love estate sales. And there are certain things that I look for. And so I can walk into a room and have a pretty good idea if it is the kind of room where the sort of thing that I'm looking for is. And so I find all sorts of things because I'm I'm attuned to the other signs around, you know, I I love records. And so I can tell this is going to be a place that might have good records. Or if this is a place, oh, these records have already been picked through. But I can tell, but not by looking at the records, by looking at everything else. Um, What I need are some big planters, because I have several plants that need to grow. And they're in these little bitty things that are wearing out. You can get planters for nothing at yard sales and estate sales because nobody wants them, and there's no reason to get them at Home Depot. And um, but I haven't trained myself to look for planters, and so I will walk by planters that big at an estate sale because my mind is tuned somewhere else. And so this is all about tuning your mind to see the signs that something like that is going on, where. You can do something where you can be generous that you might not have a month ago, or, you know before the start of the class. Um, so today, I've been promising you we, we would do this. Today we're going to be talking about tipping. And I have good news and I have bad news about tipping. <laughs> um, and I put out on Twitter this week um, that I was going to be doing this class and ask for people's stories. Um, would you all like to hear some of those? <laughs> <laughs> so this is just anecdotal from people that follow me or saw this. Um, so uh, one was tax in Tennessee is almost 10%. I usually double the tax amount and round up to the nearest dollar for the tip. Sometimes I'll give extra to someone who goes above and beyond. Um, and our family usually organizes our plates and utensils uh, to help with busing. I'll give you the, um, I'll give you the initial tweet, which was that, I've been leading a class on church about money. Uh, This Sunday, we're discussing Christians and tipping. Who's got thoughts? Who's got stories? Um, Before I go any further, how many of you have worked at a job where part of your income was tips? Okay, so about about a quarter of the class. All right. Uh, Some of the others. I, I waited on tables for eight years in college and beyond. Uh, And experience the church crowd worst tippers consistent Um, here's the sad reality most servers will tell you Christians on the whole are the worst tippers sometimes leaving a tract that looks like cash I frequently been given those tables because I'm one of them bad no tippers who proclaim Christ are actually wrecking witness out here on the mission field we live in best tippers seem to be cops firemen and other servers I can't even begin to count how many times I wanted to ask the Christians I was serving to not profess because they were giving the rest of us a bad rap. Hmm. Um, As someone who works in the service industry, if I don't get tipped, I don't get paid. We all have to make a living. 18-20% is usually what's appropriate. Uh, Less service was terrible. In that case, 15%. Um, A a rather prominent minister, um, and this is actually probably where my tweet got the most traction because people saw it, saw what he responded. Uh, it says tip 20% minimum even for bad service. Serving tables is hard, sometimes thankless work. For good service always leave a note on the receipt to the manager praising the server's work and attitude. Um, one thing I would add to that, if you get if you uh, go to a retail place and they give you the receipt and they say, hey if you call this number and fill out the customer service survey, I've got Kids and friends that have worked in retail, those things make a huge difference come performance evaluation time. They make a big, big difference to people that are usually not making very much above minimum wage. Um, cow tipping, no. Service tipping, generously, yes. Regardless, Um I feel like most Christians aren't even tipping God. National tithing surveys show the Christians give about 2.4% to their tithe. So, before we ponder whether to tip our waiter 15 to 20%, we should do some soul searching. Um, I was a server for many years and I couldn't understand why Christians would say, I'm not tipping you 15%. Jesus only asks for 10. It was very hard to make them collectively happy. I still don't understand it. Churches need to educate their flock about how to treat people. Uh, Lifelong Christian. Yeah. Lifelong Christian. When I waited tables, I hated working to Sunday p.m. or lunch shift because it was always big groups of people with tons of kids, and they tipped horribly almost across the board. Embarrassing because it was, uh, because that was the only interaction with people of faith um, that I had at that restaurant, is what he's trying to say. So that's just a, a, a sampling from from the people that, that see me on Twitter. Um, and going back to the the 10%, uh, the why should I give you 15%. In 2013, this was a very famous story. Y'all probably saw it or saw a version of it. At a Midwest Applebee's, an employee posted a receipt that included a note from an area pastor that read, I give God 10%. Why should I give you 18%? Yeah. There's a lot that went on in that story, much of which didn't register in the version of it that most of us saw. Um, but the one thing that made it into everybody's minds is there are some Christians who hate the idea of tipping. Um, somebody, when, when somebody on the, in, in Twitter brought that, that story up, I said, that's the point that I usually, uh, that, that I would be tempted to say, nice coat you got there. Can I have your shirt? Um, which is figure if they're going to try right. the scriptural thing, you can, you can right. play that on them. <clears throat> um, wow. Well. Um, so, in fact, that story and others have led to a widespread belief, as you've seen from Twitter, um, that Sunday midday shifts are among the worst to have if you make your living off tips. Because that's when all the Christians go out to eat after church. And it also led for a while to a website now defunct called SundaysAreTheWorst.com, which an area pastor uh, created as a place that restaurant staff could come anonymously and share their experiences with Christian customers so that Christians could see how the rest of the world views them. Um, they got a lot of comments from people who were atheists or not particularly religious uh, since they were people not likely to ask off so they could attend church services. Uh, one wrote about uh, the fake 20s, which are religious tracts. I don't know if, if you see. Do you all know what I'm talking about? So they've been doing They've been doing this. Uh, and somebody posted a picture of one with a five that was an old one. But they've been doing it long enough that they started with fives and now they do 20s where... It's the, the tract is printed with like this corner looking like a $20 bill, and you stick it under the plate so that it looks like there's a 20 sticking out under the plate, and then they pick it up and it's a religious tract. Yeah. All right, so where does that mindset come from? People that haven't worked uh, the... <laughs> people that haven't worked at the. Yes, it is. I think it's
1: people
0: that think they're superior
1: to other people. Okay. They look down on
3: people who are
0: are
1: uh what they see as a lower uh type of person.
0: Certainly. Yeah. There's there's also a Bible story that.
4: Silver
2: and gold I have none, yep. but what that right. I,
0: I
4: give thee.
0: Yeah, Acts Acts three, uh, where uh, where Peter and believe it's yeah, Peter and John encounter a beggar who asks them for money and they say, Silver and gold have I none, and then but they give him something better. And uh, and so <laughs> verses six through ten there in Acts three, um was, what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk.
5: Yeah, but they could heal
0: this. And and that's right. yeah. It's they take the first half of the they take yeah. the first half of the verse and don't like, yeah. give them enough so that they can, no. you know, they they don't give them something life changing, um, which is the point of the story. Um, yes. I think that though is the most critical
3: piece mm-hmm. in my canvas. I, especially if you're on a really limited income and going out to eat is a most large you're, if you're not, you're thinking about what, you, what it cost you to do, and I think if you're not aware, I became so much more aware when my kids started waiting for us. I don't think I had been a stingy tipper, but I, did, I know I got more generous
0: because yeah.
3: I, I heard the stories, and I think that's true of a whole lot of things that if, you know, if we don't walk in their shoes, we just don't have the same... And can I make one more observation? What... I, and Brian knows I am pretty leery. I, I don't give to people on the street. I, to me, that's my personal... I, I, I feel irresponsible in that, so I don't do that. But what I love about what you did is you encouraged someone else in the good world. You not only gave popcorn the to the kids at the boys club, but you encouraged the employee that was willing to spend for I money mean to do that. And I have come to believe that part of our giving's purpose is to actually help give food, but it or help of whatever kind. But that there's also a role for that giving to be for the sake of encouraging someone else, kind of being the the um Jeff will her, the whole up Aaron incurred the whole lot.
1: Well part of the reason I did it though, and it's it speaks to what you were saying, is I am, I am a retired teacher. Mm-hmm. And, and I you know, understand and yes. I know how much money I spent out of my yes. own pocket yes. for things yes. for those kids. Yes. yes. And, but I was I was privileged and fortunate that I had that money. It was obvious that this it was taking her it was more of her income than it was yes. mine. So I think, again, like what you said, it's like if you don't know if you're not a teacher, if you're not a server, you're not, you, you just don't relate as much to that person.
2: Yeah. So. Now, I, when she told me that, I, some of the other stories we were talking about, I said, because I like to argue, so you got to understand who I am. <laughs> Let me take the other side just for fun. So she told me that, I was like, well, I bet since she didn't have to spend her own money, I bet then when she drove home, she stopped Got a six-pack beer. So what? Because she, because she, because she couldn't. Yeah. Get of so beer. And, I, and I'm doing that, I'm doing that <laughs> to illustrate the argument that that money is fungible, right? Yeah. So so you can you can argue anything. So that whole argument about they're going to do something bad with it, I can't control that. And, and and that lady really might do something bad with the money because
0: she saved why it, is it for the airport.
2: I'm just it. I'm just making it up. I'm just making it up. Whatever. Something that's not good. Um, or 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 or
0: some drugs. Okay. So <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Right? And she might not
2: have bought the drugs if she had bought the perfume <laughs> because she wouldn't have cash. She does not know. But, my but point, that is. So don't do that.
3: That is where we're also coming from. Part yeah. Yeah. of the reason that I don't give to people on the street is because of my son's experience. Uh-huh. with people sure. On the street and seeing them in a medical setting. <laughs> He's walked by them on the street. He sees them in a medical setting. Not every. But he—that's his experience, and so that makes sense to me. That's part that's of what I bring yeah. into my experience, right? I've also, for the one reason, and it has been life-changing for me, gotten to know a mother that lives in projects, and I admit that I see her struggle. She worked in a car wash for years. Car wash are hard business. Mm-hmm. You don't—you wor- don't work when it's cold, so you have no income. You never know when that's going to happen. You work when it's extremely hot and she was working for minimum wage and tips. And then I see somebody, this is me. And I don't judge anybody else from this, but I see somebody on the street corner just maybe making as much as she does when she goes to work every day. But maybe they go to work too. And this is a suffer. Maybe I don't I don't, so know, don't all know that. that. Yeah. But because I know her, it's really hard for me to support that. <clears throat> I'm more comfortable helping my high school plans. Sure. So, all I'm, I'm saying, all of this is what we bring our own set of experiences. Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
4: Uh, another point about that I, I, I suspect you learned when your kids were waiting tables is that unless something's changed, I've never waited tables. But the minimum wage law. I think are different for table service. Yep. and so
1: like yes, yes. So that's
4: so that's one reason I'm I'm always mindful about consciously not trying to skimp on a tip, even if the if the service was poor, because they're making per hour even less than the car washing boys. Yeah,
6: I, I waited tables all through high school and college. I made two dollars and fourteen cents an hour, uh, but I'd say this. I made a ton of money. Yeah. Now I didn't have a lot of expenses at that time either, so uh, I'd walk out of there with a hundred bucks after a night or something like that. I got, a ton. I got out, you know, money for the week. Yeah. And I worked, you know, eight to six hours or something like that. So, so and I do tip fairly generously just because I had that had that experience, but. Um, I've also not worked at that type of a job and needed to feed my kids or myself, you know, and live. That's, that's, that'd be a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I'm
0: sorry,
4: mm-hmm. I yeah. so this might have already been addressed, but um, I'm curious what your experience is, because there's certain circumstances like, um, where it's like, okay, you need to tip in a situation, this is like a server situation, you're being, you're being weighed on, etc. And then there's optional tipping. Yes. And then there's
0: like the okay, okay like uh, valet. So you you tip your valet? How much you tip your valet? Do you have it to tip my valet? We we is it yeah, it's still like yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the and the, and the we'll tip the driver. Not, not the, the, the the etiquette the etiquette of tipping is I have never been good at that, and and and, and, and yeah. constantly going. Oh my goodness! I should have been tipping them for twenty ballet. years.
7: So but I valeted at the Vanderbilt Medical Center garage and at that point God bless you, we were just there. <laughs> <laughs> at, at that point, we were not on like, you know, minimum wage, certainly not sub-minimum wage. I was making a decent hourly wage and we were not really supposed to take tips, they weren't backing that in for our pay. But people tipped us and I was, at college kid. I was poor, so I took <laughs> that money. Uh, but there are different types of yeah. situations, so it's, it's very hard to know. Uh, yeah. But I, now, because I was a ballet, I am much more likely to throw a ridiculous tip amount to a ballet than I probably would. Yeah. I, I tip generously for servers because my wife has beat that into me because she was a server. Uh, so, But for ballets, like, that's one that always gets me. Same with musicians, if i am seen you know, buskers are people playing and then Because I know that like too, and you know, yeah, I, I like to go tip the bands that are
0: playing. Yeah, places, yeah. So. and I'm pretty much going to leave y'all on your own with tipping etiquette, um, but I, but, but, because it, it is, it is fairly complicated, and I am, I am not crazy about a tipping culture, but it's the one we're stuck with, so. Um, but but it is it is pretty complicated. I will say that if you're just throwing money around, you don't have to worry so much about the etiquette. <laughs> if you err on the side of
4: just be generous, even if, you know, it's kind of a gray area, yeah. then you will never be generous again. So. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, but I do, because because we've, we've, we've been dealing with the reputation and the perception here. I do want to get into some studies which show a more nuanced version of what's uh, happening. Yes?
4: Uh, one of the things that's never made sense to me about tipping is you go to a breakfast place and 20% is a couple of bucks, and then you go out in the evening and 20% is way more than that. Yep. Those waitresses at the breakfast place are working harder than the, the people in the evening. So that that's something I've... Yeah. that's if, a do you do it and do you do anything differently at
6: breakfast? I guess I, I over tip, yeah. Well, right. I tip more than a higher,
0: percentage. I, a higher yeah. percentage, yeah. But yeah, and and that's yeah, and you will you will find that you will. I mean, it's a whole strata, you know, class strata of who gets which shifts and stuff like that. Um, but so I want to go into some surveys and some polls and stuff because there's, there's actually a lot more going on with these perceptions than I think we realize. Um, Some of it good, some of it bad. So in 2017, uh, a restaurant management technology company called Cake examined credit card transactions from about 2,000 independent quick service and full service restaurants across the country. And they found that the best times for tips as a percentage of checks was late evenings, any day but Monday, which kind of makes sense, um, and Sunday brunch. So Sunday brunch was the best time, one of the best times for tips as a percentage of the check. That was a catch. Restaurants bring in more money on other days, especially on Fridays, because that's when everybody goes out to eat. Um, and also what you were talking about, because the evenings are more expensive than breakfasts. Um, and so... Even though tip percentages were higher for Sunday brunches, the overall take-home tended to be less because they were cheaper meals. So if you worked a Friday night and then you worked a Sunday, you worked just as hard, but you came home with less money because it was cheaper to eat on sun- for people to eat on Sunday. Um, interesting side note. Uh, tip percentages tend to go down during the winter holiday season, but they go up on the holidays themselves. So if you go, if people that go out to eat on Christmas tip higher because they go, oh, this guy's working on Christmas. Uh, a couple other factors and studies. Cornell did a web-based survey in 2010 publishing a paper titled, Are Christians and Religious People Poor Tippers? This is a quote from that. Paper results indicated that Jews and those with no religion tipped more than Christians and members of other religions, but that the vast majority of of Christians tipped at or above the normative 15% of bill size. Worship frequency also significantly interacted with service quality, such that tips of those who frequently worship vary with service quality less than the tips of those who worship less frequently. So if you were a Sunday and Wednesday, every you know every time the church doors open, person you are more likely to tip the same across the board, no matter how bad the waitstaff is. Whereas if you're Christian and Easter, if you're a Christmas and Easter Christian, you're probably going to go. Ah, eh, they tipped me. They they had bad service, so I'm not going to tip them as much. Ritualistic <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, That's actually a good observation, Um, continuing, quote, Christians leave an average of 17.3% when service is good, and this is well within the 15 to 20% restaurant tipping norm. Um, So average Christians are not bad tippers. Third, if you define poor tippers as those leaving less than a 15% tip for good service, then only 13% of Christians are poor tippers. Now, remember that 13% because that's going to come back in a second. Um, The analysis found that older people, whites, unmarried people, higher income people, and residents of the Northeast all tipped more than their counterparts. Uh, One suggested reason for tipping better among Northeast. What was that group again? Northeasterners. Not Southerners. What, the list? Uh, Older people, white people, unmarried people, higher income people, and Northeasterners. Um, and with Northeasterners, one of the um, theories was that because the uh, Northeastern population is more dense, they interacted more often with tippable service workers. And so they were more used to tipping culture than those of us that grew up in the South and didn't go to one of those fancy hotels until they were in their 20s. <laughs> um, The, uh, let's see, uh, said Republicans and men apparently generally survey as good tippers, and this was according to a different study that I read. Um, The survey asked people how much they tipped when the service was good and when it was bad, but did not ask them to actually evaluate a particular service experience, so it was subjective. Um, Is it is possible that Christians and or other highly religious people are harsher judges of service quality than other people are, Um, If so, then Christian religious people may tip substantially less than others given the same objective service, um, despite our findings that they do not do so at the same subjective levels of service. All right, so back to that 13% of Christians. Only 13% of Christians left less than 15% for good service, which is a small minority of Christians, but it is still almost double the percentage of diners with unaffiliated with any religion and how they tip. So like 6.5% of people that do not consider themselves religious would stiff people, whereas twice as many Christians would. And it is more than six times the percentage of Jewish diners who under-tipped. So, while while most Christians will tip just fine, Christians are also more likely to stiff you if you're a waiter. At at the very least, this continues as we've seen to be a perception problem. So how do we address it? How do we, you know, if you think, think thinking of it as a marketing opportunity, how do you fix that negative perception? And the marketer in me knows that one of the best ways to counter a negative example is to create an equally powerful opposing image. So for every, we're Christians and we don't tip, experience that goes viral, there's a part of me that would love to see the, I'm a Christian, so here's (laughs) $1,000. But there is another side of me that feels this sort of thing is, that sort of thing is kind of unseemly, that you really don't want to tie the profession to the generosity because that's, it can look like you're showing off. Um, and we'll actually spend some time, I think it's next week, talking about that because it's a good topic. And I don't know that there is a one-size-fits-all answer to that, of, of being being publicly or professingly generous, or being generous in the name of Jesus. Um as we've seen it's not hard to find waitstaff staff online characterizing christians as rude demanding stingy and judgmental um, which makes me wonder if there's not some correlation between announcing your christianity and not exemplifying it you know we're we're told to you know for example pray in private uh, and i was i was talking about this with a group of friends at dinner last night and I'd been telling them about the class and we were talking about tipping and, um, and, and one of them who is, uh, who's, I guess he's been a minister for 40, 50 years now he says, oh now that we've mentioned that would we like to pray at the table? <laughs> um, and that goes right to the heart of you know, the, the Sermon on the Mount you know, in Matthew 6, 3 but when you give to the needy do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that's all, all kind of tied in together, and I, I, I think there's more, personally I think there's something more substantial going on with that than keep your good work secret, but that's a topic for next week. Um, a minister named Raymond Johnson, and I don't know much more about him than that because I wrote this story down a while back, um, raised another point that I thought was excellent. Recently, I have dialogued with many Christian people whose argument for tipping poorly or less than generously fair goes something like this. Servers understand that their job is to sell themselves to me so that I tip them well. So if they fail to meet my dining expectations, then I am not obligated to reciprocate with a fair tip after paying for the meal. And I thought his analysis of this, it was something I haven't seen anywhere else really was thought-provoking for me. He said, though this may seem reasonable, it is precisely this desire to prefer the self, in this case by preferring the dining experience, that must be crucified when it comes to tipping generously. When the patron, especially the Christian patron, prefers himself by preferring his dining experience, He fails to communicate that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of grace, that because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, there are things that are far more significant than a pleasurable dining experience. The real heart issue when it comes to poor tipping is a lack of awareness of how great and vast the debt was that God generously and graciously forgave because he loves us. And I had never thought of that as a heart-self issue. Um, that, that that logic is just ah, yes. the,
2: yeah. There's a whole lot of holes in that. Yeah, and I think so too. Because why you, why is he going out to dinner in the first place? Well, you
0: can enjoy, but it, it's it's the it's it's where you place the priority. Are you placing the priority on I'm going to have a good experience, or are you placing the priority on the I am going to. Share a good experience with those around me. So it's 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 a matter it's a matter of priorities. Not enjoying it's not about enjoying the dining experience. It's prioritizing my experience over the experience of the person that is encountering me. Also,
3: it's also almost like he wants to the to, to, to visit. So mm-hmm. There's something really yes. sick to me about that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that they've got to prove to me. Yeah. This is not yeah. just about
1: basic good service. This is. Something more. In, and in, again, when you have a bad service in a restaurant, you never know what's behind that bad service. Right. I mean, that that's five people could have called in sick, and this person has to wait on 20 tables. I mean, yeah. you don't know... My grandson did that last summer. It was yeah. his first experience
3: waiting tables. And he's delightful, but he's a bit absent-minded. He was very <laughs> concerned that this was going to be a successful summer job, and where he was working, Especially now it was yeah. just terribly shorthanded. But it was really interesting. He got some fabulous tips yes. and and I don't think it was for anything else other than that time he was trying. I yeah. don't think it was because he was providing, because he talked about regularly having seven or eight tables. Oh. Which is way too much to serve as
1: well. But I think they saw him try. Yeah. And I think that was Again we need to observe as Christians and put ourselves in their shoes. Yeah how much better could we do if we had
2: six tables to wait on? But you may not even know the facts to be able to make that judgment. Well, you can observe. That's, well, <laughs> so so, so, so yeah. it's be it's, it's slow to judge because you don't yes. know all right. the facts. Yes. Fact. Yep. yes. Yeah. yes.
0: But, and it also goes to what we were talking about, attuning yourself to the circumstances around you because if if you've been a server, you notice when there is one person working all the tables.
6: My wife and I waited together, so it was fun when we were still dating. You know, and you, you know, you, you're in the weeds, right? That's what yeah. it means. Yeah. You're covered up, right? And so, if you know a little bit of lingo with the server, they know you know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I can see you're it's, you're in the weeds, this is a tough day or whatever. They're like, oh, man, this is somebody that
0: appreciates and yeah.
6: understands the si- situation.
0: Yeah.
4: Well, I was just gonna say, it, observing is important because. And I think we, as Christians in any situation, need to err on the side of, of less judgment rather than more judgment. Because, you know, unless you are, are visibly, if you really want to tip based on quality, what you think is quality, that's where you are as a matter of conscience. You know, unless you're seeing a server over there smoking a cigarette, staring you in the face, <laughs> and then watching television <laughs> with an empty happens while your glass is then, you know,
5: I'd say you probably don't have good grounds to make yeah. a judgment. Well, well yeah, and, and we were in that situation, <laughs> you know, about a month ago at a place in Spring Hill that was highly recommended. We don't go to Spring Hill very often, so we had no experience with this place, but that was exactly oh, what dear. was happening. A young woman, She's 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 sitting on a stool, looking at her phone. And, uh, and there was little service. There, the place was pretty empty, so I don't know why it was highly recommended because it was already it was empty. But, I mean, we still tipped her. Yeah. I mean, that, it, wasn't, it wasn't about that because most of the time in places like that, the tips are shared around. Right. And, and I didn't want to penalize everyone else on her account. Right. But those These things do happen. Right. They do happen. Yeah, and and however you feel about it, that's again, that's up to you. We we decided to go ahead and give the tip anyway
0: because there were plenty of other people there. Yeah, so I'll just throw one side note, a, a different slant on the perceptions. Um, this is from an informal survey of about a thousand tipped professionals that showed if people tip low, the staff thinks it's because the people are cheap or low on money. In other words, it reflects on the tipper. But if they tip high, they assume it's because they did a good job. (laughs) So it's about the staff, which suggests that about the best that you can do on the Christians are bad tippers front is not to contribute to the stories. (laughs) And to remember that people like to feel good about themselves, so why not help them along? I have a whole bunch more stuff on this, but we are running uh, to the end of time. Um, Does anybody have a place to recommend um, that we all give to today? One one of the things, for those of you who are first-time in class, um, I ask you to give individually Monday through Saturday, but then on Sunday we try to come up with a single place that we can all focus our giving on so that it can be some a place where we make more of a difference for other people as opposed to kind of practicing the giving that we're doing ourselves. Um, So anybody know of somebody that could use a little extra today? If not, I would say just go out and go out to lunch after church and tip well. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) All right, well, thank you. And um, we will see you next week. And and next week, we will talk about giving to the glory of God. And because, uh, see, how did I forget? Yeah, giving in the name of Jesus or giving to the glory of God and all of the complexities around that.